Hey guys, welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. So today we're doing our intro a little bit different. A few weeks ago, I drove down to Atlanta, Georgia to meet Brent Hardgrave and we had so much fun and had such a blast together and you will definitely pick up on that energy in this episode. Um, Brent was immediately just one of those people that I instantly connected with. Um, We had a really fun day together and I definitely didn't want to leave. I'm looking forward to seeing him again and he's just got a really great story to share. So I hope you all enjoy his story and enjoy us laughing uncontrollably. Um, And we are excited to give you this episode. So here we go. Well, I want to talk to you about (laughs) how you start out in the industry. So you went to beauty school where, and how did you get started in this industry? I went to beauty school at Capelli Learning Center, which was owned by Fuji. Uh, One name, like Madonna, Cher, (laughs) Fuji. Um, Anyway, Fuji had the best school in Atlanta in the late 90s, probably late 80s to late 90s. That's where you went. So I'd asked around town to figure out where I was going to go and all that stuff and then landed there. So how did you choose that school? Did you know that that was like, just if you wanted to be successful, that's where you were going to go? Yeah. And, you know, I wanted the school that had the the most recognized curriculum. I wanted to know who was being placed in what salons. Um, You know, different schools can put you in different places. You know, some people don't want to hire from Votech. Some people want to hire from private schools same thing goes in the real world of hair so I chose that so you went and visited beauty schools and then you decided that's where you wanted to go so you're 1500 hours what did that look like for Um, you for me well I ended with 1500 credit or clock hours and 1890 credit hours so it was a busy 1500 hours so you got to do a lot of clients you were in class like did you feel like you really got to connect with people while you were behind the chair? Um, I still do people that I do in beauty school. That's awesome. Two people still. So they followed you yeah. after. I don't really move around a lot, so I'm not that hard to follow. <laughs> <laughs> they can find you if they want to find you. I mean, it was a little bit out of the way, but yeah. Yeah, it's that's cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. So what year did you graduate beauty school? Uh, 94, June 4th. Okay, and then you, what happened from there? Where did you go? Did you go into a salon? I did. I went to a salon um, that my beauty school told me that I should go to and I went there and it was cool until we had to do the prayer sessions <laughs> on oh. Monday yeah it, it, it shifted up to be more about can we bring you to our way of thinking and this that and the other I'm cool with everybody's way of thinking but not at work so we were you prepared for that like did they no, warn no, you no, that no, that no, was no, wasn't well, happening for you I mean no and I don't think they knew that either but it's oh, okay, okay. Beautiful salon, beautiful person. Actually, I had dinner with um, said person a while back um, when we were at um, a John Renault wig training, which yeah. was a two-day core training on how to deal with wigs and alternative hair and things of that nature. But then I went and worked with an employee that left the salon, and she says, you're coming with me. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was my first couple of weeks into the industry, and Um, One of the pieces of advice that was always given to me was stay somewhere for two years, be still. 
And I knew right up front that I could not be still there because their motivation was not to have me become a better hairdresser, but was to have me become more of a spiritual person, I suppose, in their arena. Nonetheless, I knew that wasn't what I needed to do. Right. And, and you know, sometimes you get caught up in those things. So did you stay for two years or did you? No. Okay. Because okay. I was only there for two weeks. Okay. Which sounds, and, and you have to understand, I keep jobs. No, but I feel like that's <laughs> fair. If you don't know what well, you're you getting know. into. You got to test the waters. Yeah. And, if you don't I, know what you're getting into, then you need to figure out your way out of that situation exactly. as well. So, the, so how did you get out of that? Well, I just let her know that I didn't think it was a good fit for us. I felt um, I felt that I needed to move um, in a different direction before I even got started, and I just appreciated her very much for letting me have a try. And you know, nothing ugly, nothing like that. Yeah. But I just needed to move on. Yeah. And you know, a thing I would tell people is ask to spend a week with a, a stylist, or ask to spend three days because you know, one day you're going to get your best dressed. Everybody's going to be pretty and shiny. Right. Second day, you're going to start to see some personality. By the third day, they're going to let you know who they are. So it behooves you to actually utilize three days of your life to understand if that's going to be three years, five years, 12 years, 20 years of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go into their, interview them just as hard as they're interviewing you. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of salon owners on this podcast that have said like, when they have students that come in, it is just as much an interview about them as it is for the stylist. Absolutely. And I think um, giving those students confidence of going in and you're so set on being like, I want them to like me and mm-hmm. I want them to like what I'm about. But like, it also has to be a good fit on the other end of things. Because yeah. if you have this really successful salon mm-hmm. and maybe they don't agree with the things that you agree with, or maybe it's just not the same vibe. Like, let's just say that easily. Like if it's not the same vibe, like you have to be okay to say you have to that. Be comfortable in your position. And- so how do you think that you do that as a student that's coming out of school that has no experience whatsoever coming out of school with 1500 hours? What can you tell them to get them comfortable enough to go into an interview? Well, me, Different stylists go into this for many different reasons. So let's say you're a stylist that's looking for benefits and you're looking to work 40 hours a week so that you can take care of your kids and you want that stability of that schedule. Those people are going to work more likely in a supercuts, a great clips, um, right. hair cutteries, those kind of situations because those are set based boom, boom, boom. Right. Then and that's not. It's not that. that. Like no, that no. Everybody goes in for different people. reasons. And yeah. benefits to some people, if they've got three kids, let's let's face it, that's right. a bigger deal than money per hour because mm-hmm. it's taking care of your family. You take care of your family. We're all good. You know yeah. what I mean? So then you have other people that are going to go out into the world, and they're going to be the kind that um, are going to want to taste everything. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that never make it, unfortunately, because they never sat still. In my industry, I have noticed the people that stay still for two to three years after getting out of school, and let's let's face it, even my place in the beginning was not for me, but I gave it the time enough, and 21 days is what you should give something. 21 days will change a habit, blah, 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 blah. Right. 21 days should let you know if you can handle something for long term. If you can't hang for 21 days, and let them know, you know, let the boss know, I'm giving this 21 days. Um, I want to come back and have a meeting after that 21 days. They're going to be so impressed with the person that actually says that, number one, because who says that? Right. Number two, you're going to have um, a loyalty already built into that to where they're going to want to work with you, and they're going to want to see you succeed because you're already showing them you're going to do it on your own, whether they want it or not. So you've got those people. Then you've got the people that do chill, the people that 
really stay still. They find where they're going to go. They take the steps they're going to do. They go out and they use different ways of building a clientele. I had a really, I'm, I'm very much an entrepreneur, and you'll know that more later through the podcast because mm-hmm. I just do a lot of stuff. But there are really cool ways to build a clientele quickly, and people just need to understand kindness matters. And so this funny little thing that I did was I went to a school, a private school, because you can't really do it at public schools. A private school for high school yeah, or well, like for cosmetology? No, no, okay. no, 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 private school for kids. Okay. Because I was new to the neighborhood, right? So if you're new to the neighborhood, what do you need to do? You need to let people know you're there. Right. So what I did is I had a teacher of the year contest, right? <laughs> Check this out. It's really cool. So teacher of the year contest. The days you do it are on Tuesdays and Thursdays because most kids will miss Mondays or Fridays. Mm. Tuesdays, you hand them out a ballot. You tell the press what you're doing. You let them know that you're having a teacher of the year. And what's the, uh, the prize? A full makeover. Full makeover. So then all of these parents are now voting. Put your vote in. Tell us what you want. Who's teacher of the year? Who's teacher of the year? By the way, here's a card. Here's a sample of shampoo. You tell your, your product company, I need little sample packets of shampoo. Then... Once they come back, if you can, you can give them something else, another. When you come back, I have the conditioner that goes with that shampoo in a sample packet. Whatever, right? But when they come back and the next week comes around, guess what? Guess who the teacher of the year is? All of them. (laughs) Every single teacher is teacher of the year. And guess what? The newspapers pick that up and they're like, oh my God, this guy just totally gave every teacher. Here's the deal. Let's say there's 50 teachers there. 10 are going to come, if even that. Yeah. Maybe five. Maybe two. Yeah. But guess what? Those parents now go, wow, this, that guy just supported my kid in his learning. Yeah. It was like, boom, just like that. So how did you know that? I mean, is this something you picked up on, I am on very, your own? I am an abstract thinker. That's I think awesome. so outside of every box, I, I just can't be in a box. And, and I'll figure out a way to do it because yeah. I'm an only child to a single mom and you know, she worked all the time, and as a kid, I had to make things happen, or it didn't. So, so what did your mom? What did she do as a career? Nurse. Okay. Yeah. And so we. Which find... I'm gonna say, as a teenager, was amazing because she worked night shifts every weekend, <laughs> and we didn't have Facebook. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I can imagine that being incredible for you, but we find this connection, yeah. and you might have talked to your mom about this at some point, but we find this connection between nursing and cosmetology school. Totally. And, and we say, like, all the mm-hmm. time, like, I um, I just enrolled a, um, a nurse who had been doing nursing for, like, 12 years, mm-hmm. and when she came into my office, I was like, well, why do you want to change careers? What do you, what's your motivation? And she said, I've worked in a room with people that didn't appreciate me, where when I came in, they wanted something else, they wanted something more. And she was like, I'm sick of that. Like, I'm sick. Like, I came into this thing, I was going to help people. I'm not able to help people. And now I want to do aesthetics, or now I want to do cosmetology, because this will make people happy. And there's always this correspondence between the two realms. And I think that if you have the heart to want to help people, to want to make people feel better cosmetology or nursing will fit that so just a heads up my mom younger in life told me that she hoped that I wouldn't grow up to be one of those people and I didn't know what those people meant to her but what I thought those people were was this very flamboyant hairdresser yeah very flamboyant yeah hugely flamboyant Bonfire. <laughs> Fire the documentary big. You get me? Socially influenced. So that's what she has. She just 
helped she, her last she, night. She, she just put the seed in me that it wasn't going to be okay for me to be myself. Yeah. And I am larger than life. I, I don't fit in, like I said, I don't fit in any box. So this whole time, um, I thought, okay, I can't grow up to be a hairstylist. So, so at a young age, you realize this. Like, at a, it, it, what, high school, you yeah, realize, yeah. like, this isn't an option for me? or No, this was, this was age 14. This was all the way through. Like, I always knew I was going to do hair. I was playing in hair forever. I was helping people forever, doing whatever that means. I did become a certified nursing assistant. I did become wow. a home, uh, home health aide. Wasn't for me. Totally wasn't for me. But I thought that could be a direction I could go. Then mm-hmm. I thought I would do interior design. Still on the track of the big <laughs> but just like the one she said. But <laughs> she still so hates what that is her out. opinion of you now? Like now that you, you mean the son that cares for her one hundred percent? Yeah, I think she's pretty happy with it. I mean, I think that the son also. I mean, it sucks that we were recording earlier, but I think that everything that you and I have talked about earlier in the episode that we haven't recorded yet. Um, everything that you've done. So I want to go back to you graduating from cosmetology school. So you graduated in Atlanta um, from cosmetology school. What was your next step after that? Can I talk about while I was in it and searching for a job? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there's a big part to something that I, I watch the mistakes happen all the time. When kids come out of beauty school and they go in for their interview, number one, guys, Go get a blow dry there. Go check it out. Feel the vibe. Look at what they're wearing. When you go into your interview, you be wearing exactly what everybody else is wearing. If they're in all black, don't come in rainbow gear. (laughs) Just don't do it. Because it, it shows that you don't fit in. And the next thing I'll tell you, you will always see me in a sport coat. And the reason why there's a certain level of respect that goes with a sport coat, a teacher, a doctor, whatever you want to call it, those kind of things happen. So even if you have to go to Goodwill to get a bunch of sport coats, do it because it makes a huge difference in the way that people perceive you. And when you're trying to, you know, go for the high-end clientele, you need to be dressed like a true professional the whole way through. And I think a lot of hairstylists are like, oh, I'm fashionable. I can wear this, that, and the other. Well, sure you can, but do you want to make money? Right. Do you want to have money for people who can actually afford you long term? Right. That's what I'm talking about. You have to dress for what you're charging for. So if Mm -hmm. you're like, I want to charge X amount of dollars, if you're showing up in ripped jeans and a t-shirt, it's not so cute when you're charging money. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's something that we try to express when they're in view school, but it is... It's, it's hard deal. until you're in it a salon. Is the real deal. And, and that's why I think it's so important to go visit salons and to go sit in at the Don't tell salons. them what you do. If they ask you're a proctologist, they will yeah. not ask you another <laughs> question after that, I promise. Not <laughs> another word will be spoken. Okay. Blood dry it is. Got it. <laughs> Would you like extra volume? Yes, please. So the hair replacement, thinning hair, like that's something that you believe in. Yes. Um, tell us about what you're doing right now with that. Um, I'm a hair coach, uh, certified hair coach with Dr. Bauman. I'm a professor at the Hair Loss University. And where is that at? In Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. With Jeffrey Paul. Um, he's an amazing frontier man for the whole hair loss world. I mean, he literally has put this university together to get people to have a place to go to learn, to have a place to... Um, to network, to have a place to actually figure things out. Now, is this hair loss like natural hair loss or it hair loss through cancer? Or through Hair okay. loss is hair loss. Okay. They lose their hair. They lost their hair. Okay, so you can go anywhere. 
Yeah. Okay. And I got to tell you, students out there, let me just give you a little tiny disco heads up. The U.S. <laughs> Bureau of Statistics for Labor and blah, blah, blah. I can look it up and tell you the real deal. <laughs> but just believe me, I have the picture on my iPhone. <laughs> we, you know what, now I have to look it up. <laughs> now we're going to look it up Because this you. is real. <laughs> So that, since it's real, I will look it up, and I will tell you that some of you guys may not be the best hairstylist out there. Let's Wait. say you look at it and you're not the best colorist. Let's say you're not the best hair cutter. There are people out there that need you in the biggest way because what's happening is the hair restoration side of being a hairstylist, all of them are retiring now, and there is a humongous gap. And I'm going to tell you, okay... The Bureau of Labor Statistics and U.S. Department of Labor Occupational Outlook Handbook of 2016-2017 edition states, a qualified hair replacement specialist is projected to be in the top 15 best paying professions. Wow. Projected to grow 10% from 2014 to 2024, faster than average for all occupations. So, why is this professional sector growing? Cause everybody's losing their hair. So guess what? If you find yourself in the situation where you're a year into this and you're like, I suck. And it's okay. We can say that word, right? <laughs> we get to that. Because yeah, sometimes people just don't get the grasp yeah. of certain things. Right. But when you're in the world of hair restoration, you're giving people their identity back, their self-esteem back. Believe me, they will handle your mistakes and they will work with you better yeah. than anybody else. But this sector of the hairdressing world is so ignored right now and, and I wish if I could do anything in this I would hope that I could at least send 10 people in this direction just to just check it out because what happens is you really only need 20 to 30 clients to have an amazing career not just a good career an amazing career and there's a lot of people out there that want to do other things like mm -hmm. be a baseball coach or be a band teacher for a marching band I actually know a kid that I just talked into going to beauty school. <laughs> he has a 3.79 grade point average. He's in the marching band at Lasseter High School. Um, he, His father contacted me and said, is there any way you could talk to my son? I was like, sure. I don't even know you really, but we right. met at a concert. Sure. He, <laughs> I mean, this happens a lot. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, I went to dinner with them, and yeah. he was like, you know, my son just doesn't know what direction to go in. He wants to be a band teacher, and he wants to, you know, do this. And I was like, well, do you want to make a living? Because let's face it, we don't pay right. our teachers enough money, especially when it's in the arts, and especially right. when the arts are being cut like crazy from the schools. Yeah. Not a good move. Right. But I can get where you'd want to do it. So would I send him in to be a full-on hairstylist? No. But I would send him in to be a hair replacement specialist, because now he can choose to work with 20 people. 20 people. Are you getting this? And I can do numbers and I can do graphs right. and all this stuff. We can prove yeah. that later. But the point is, that person, and he's not even graduated yet, but he is so excited to come to it. And I even checked in with his dad the other day. I'm like, are we still on track? He's like, he's so excited. And he was embarrassed about going to a Votech. And I said, you know what? Um, let me get this straight. Here in Georgia, we have a thing called the Hope Scholarship. And mm -hmm. if you have a... No, we have that in Tennessee also. Okay, cool. Yeah. So when you have that, you know, you get to go to school for free. And he was like, well, what school should I go to? And my theory on schools, and probably schools are going to hate me for this, you can go to any school. You're going to get your education when you get out. Correct. That's really the way that works. Right. So get the piece of paper and move on. If you happen to find somebody there that you mentor with that really 
you know, there's some great teachers out there. There really yeah. are. But there's a lot of teachers that are just there to get the paycheck. Correct. Hey, yeah. It's just like the 20-80 rule in our yeah. business. 20% are going to do 80% of the work and 80% are going to do 20% of the work. Yeah. Same thing goes for everything in life. It's just a thing. So this kid now will have the opportunity to come in under me. I'm going to personally, right after he gets his piece of paper, I told him, I said, go to the Votech right around the corner. Go get your piece of paper. I'm going to teach you right after that part. So this is something that kids can do right at the first couple weeks at beauty school. Like, I just started, but I need to know where I'm going next. Right. How? What a big turn on to a, an owner to, whoa, this kid's looking that far ahead, which yeah. nine months is nine months. But hey, babies happen then, right? Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they can Been happen. There. No, but right? I think that that's like such an important piece to talk about is maybe you don't know exactly what you want to do when you start beauty school, but having that option of having like this other thing that you have down the road or even if it's while you're in beauty school, you're kind of looking at it. And then when you get out of beauty school, you're focused on it. You know, what's funny. It's awesome. In hair color, we always start with our natural Mm -hmm. level in a GPS. We start with, you know, we start with the address. Here we are. Here we are. But we don't do it with our career. Why aren't we writing roadmaps for where we're going? Why aren't we writing it out? Because what I know is, from my own personal successes, is that when I write stuff down, it puts it into motion. And then that motion creates inertia. Just by writing it down on a piece of paper. Here's what I'm going to do in this time. Here's what I'm going to do at this time. And by the way, I've done it all quicker than I could have ever done it in that time because I gave myself too much time. Yeah. Okay, so let's... Talk to you sure. about what you've done in that time. Oh, my Lady Gaga. <laughs> I mean, how do you start explaining what I, you've done, I, where you are now? Like, how, I, do we, I, gosh, how do we start talking about it's, this? It's a lot. It's a lot. So, first thing is the lady that sharpens my shears, Bonnie <laughs> from Bonica. Hey, whatever. That's hey, really however, funny place to start. However, a connection happens. <laughs> right, a connection happens, yes. right? You don't ever look at yeah, connection in the eye and say no. You always say yes. So what um, she says, hey, they're auditioning for hairstylists to work for the Olympics. They don't know if they're going to get it or not. This was 96. I'm in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Guess what? Centennial Olympic Games. 100 years. So (laughs) she's like, you know. Now, were you in, you were out of beauty school? I was out of beauty school at that point by maybe a year and a half. Where were you at? Were you at a salon? I was in Alpha Tater, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Up in okay. Alpharetta. Awesome. But I knew I wanted to Where go. Where we are right now, right? Are we in? Well, I'm on Roswell. I mean, Roswell's where I, I, I okay. pretty much landed. I still only feel like I'm like <laughs> like in Atlanta. Well, you're good. I'm, I'm only in Alpharetta. Side. I feel like I'm not down to, I'm in Alpharetta. So that's okay, called, you're, you're, almost. you're totally OTP, <laughs> which is outside the perimeter. That's what that means. <laughs> I feel like that's fair for what's happening today. It's pretty today. fair. It's pretty fair. <laughs> okay, so you're in a salon. So I'm in a salon and, and it's... You know, the, the sheer ladies, like, they're doing an audition. You should go check it out. And, I mean, it was far. It was so far to drive there. But I was mean, that a big deal at the time? They were like, the Olympics are yeah, coming. Like, yeah. we all have to be well, there. I didn't realize it is the largest broadcasted um, show in the world. Right. Everybody around the world is watching. Everybody <laughs> sure around the world is the watching. Olympics. It's the freaking Olympics. <laughs> so, I go in there, and we didn't know... That we were gonna sure eat, right? I love that this was a surprise to you. Oh, like, there's so much more. There's so many more surprises no, just this in this is story. me. Like I love your like, oh, the Olympics. Oh, it's the big one. Okay, yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Part of that. So the next thing, like me emailing saying like the 
Olympics are right. coming. I want to be a part of this. And you're so, like, oh, sure enough. Uh, Atlanta <laughs> is a very diverse city, and it's 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 extremely diverse. So the guy that invented the Jerry Curl. <laughs> Okay. It's a thing. Wait, are we going back? I have to tell you where it Wait, was to get you to where to we're going. Okay, back okay, to okay, the start. Yes. Where's your natural level? We're going back to natural level. <laughs> Target color, here we come. Okay, so <laughs> you all get that, right? So, <laughs> so the next thing, you know, I go to this and I go into this warehouse thing where they've set up all of these folding chairs and I'm the only white guy, <laughs> which is no big deal. I mean, it's You're great. Like, Whatever. Stop. I'm like, oh. Okay, here I am. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was beautiful, actually, because the way it all worked out, we did get the contract for the Olympics, and we did go. I had to be FBI background check, GBI, uh, which is Georgia Bureau of Investigations, fingerprinted. Well, think about it. I have poisonous chemicals That's I can throw true. in your eye. I yeah. can stab you in the neck. Right. I can control these games. I have the power, Okay. <laughs> So, right? So next for all week, of the Atlanta Olympic games, Atlanta that you games. are in control. Here I am. So <laughs> check this out. We go into these games, and of course, you've got all of these wonderful hairstylists and stuff. But hairstylists that typically work with levels one to four, maybe five hair, not levels ten right. and twelve and all of these things. And they were still pulling hair out of a cap, and. I had to bring foils up front because the news is right next to us. Right. I mean, you're not going to be pulling. Katie Couric was right. right next to us, which, by the way, I have a funny story about that too. So look at that. I shaved her neck. Does that mean I did her hair? I told her she had gorilla. Hair. I feel like that's fair. It's, it's fair you enough. I took her hair neck. off yes. of her body. I removed it. It's me. So anyway, but you know, you get there, you're doing your thing. Katie Couric. Well, she needed it. She it was back in her short hair days. And she no. just needed a little neck trim. It was super easy. She's like, I can only be there in 14 minutes. I said, not a minute later. <laughs> so anyway, oh. back to it. Day one, at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, the colors started coming back in as color corrections. Because they didn't train anybody on the hair color. Oh. It was Sally's hair color. It was like Clairol with all of the numbers. I didn't even know. But I do know a color wheel. I can work that. You learn that at beauty school. I learned like, that. Like you got school. that far. I, honey, I brought the color wheel with me just to remind me where <laughs> yellow and red were in comparison Here to each other. Where are we? Yeah, where are we? Okay, so we do this, and so I start fixing the hair color, and the next yeah. day I come in, the, all the powers that be, the consortium is standing there, and they're like, "So you really seem to get this hair color thing?" I was like, "I think a little bit better than most in here, yeah." How this, old are you at this point? Twenty. Five, twenty-five. You're young. Twenty-five. Coming out of beauty school, you're yeah, young. Yeah. Doing this. Yeah. Okay. So I wound up. Um, they said, you know, what would you think about maybe leading up some of this hair color things? I said, it's funny you mentioned. I pull out of my back pocket. I said, here's what I need. You like already <laughs> I had a list ready. Out. I need. I think I need twelve stylists to work with me that are very interested in color. And what I feel we need to do is I need to formulate these <laughs> to make sure. That were at least on target. With I mean, you knew what you wanted. Well, you I knew, knew that it was going to be a big mess if we yeah. didn't take care of it because the learning curve on learning hair color can be rough. Okay, I want to ask you something, <laughs> and I want to continue the story. <laughs> okay. But do you think that there is something inside of yourself that made you more equipped to handle this? Like, I have ESPN. Yeah, like don't you think that there is something inside of you that you were like, that you were like. This is what I need. We have to fix this. Like, we have to fix this now. you had something in your back pocket. I pulled it out. That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had, like, a, a, 
a graph that was ready to go. That's not everybody. I get that. Okay, don't you? Okay, and this is something that we talk about a lot on I the podcast. That. It's like there's Story a certain life. there's a certain type of person yeah. that will make it oh, yeah. in this industry, and yeah. then there's a certain type of person that will not. Yeah. So you having something like that in your back pocket, ready to go, mm -hmm. how do you coach that? How do you teach somebody that is interested in going to beauty school that whatever it is that you have, or is that something that you have to have going into it? What do you think it is? I was not confident in high school, so I can say that I don't think I had it going into it. I was bullied very badly. Okay, so... Okay. So that will knock down your confidence when you're bullied every single day right. of your life in school. And that right. was from kindergarten all the way through. Right. So it's surprised I'm even here, but here I am. How did you build how did you build something like that up then? Like how did you get into beauty school and then realize like this is an this is something that I have that I think that will make me better than other people? It just came so easily to me. It was just I could feel it. I could see it. I could get there. I, it was just in, in the smiles and the people standing up straight in the chair. Oh, my God. I still get a high off of that. That is so cool to me to see somebody's self-esteem just completely shift. So I was just recently flown down, actually, this past weekend to the Mayo Clinic. And I went there for a true hair emergency because a client of mine who actually lives in Sarasota, and she lives in a few places, They've got things. They've got a lot of... they got things. Right. Anyway, <laughs> um, they needed me. And I said to the family, they show me uh, this huge knot. Now, the woman's hair is past her bra strap. Do we understand where that is in everybody? Right. We can all see yes, this? Yes, so we all got that. We all got the middle picture. Where do you want it? Right there. Yeah, we know. That's where he wants it to. Whatever. So, <laughs> so the next thing is, is um, I say, they're like, what What do we spray in this? What do we do to this to get this this huge mat out of her hair? I said, in, in the largest letters and in the screen bubble shot that goes all over the iPhone, do not touch it. I was like, so this was before you even went down there. Yes. Like you got pictures and yes, text messages yes, before. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I said, is there any way for you to get me down there? Now, these people do own their own jet. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, easy. Well, they didn't have the jet with them though. So they were like, just fly commercial. So I did. It was like 900 bucks though. I mean, it was like, boom. And it's yeah. like not even an hour flight, but whatever. This needed to happen. And. I went in there, and of course, it takes a little while to get these mats out, but I did it. And I want you to know this woman, her, her, and, and her whole family tells me this, her life changed the day that I came in and made that happen. Beauty is powerful. And when a person feels beautiful again, or at least better than they were the day before, it heals. It heals them up in a right. very quick and rapid way. She was told the day after we did this, the day before she was said, probably two or three weeks we'll be sending you off to rehab. The next day after I come in and make her hair better, they're like, you know what? We're moving you up on the list. The next available bed, you're out of here. That's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's something that and, I think a lot of people don't think about when they're going through chemo, when they're going through those things. Like yeah. You don't always have that person beside you to make you beautiful or to make you feel good about yourself. That's what the hairdresser's for. And I think that if you have that person, if you have someone in your life that you can 
make that person. It can mean everything to everything. them. So you had kind of a different path than most people that get out of beauty school. Pass. So I want to talk about yeah, paths. And I think that that's okay. I think that, that so, fun. so many people come to beauty school thinking they're going to do the beauty school and then they're going to go into XYZ salon and then they're going to be there forever. And that's the rest of our life story. So I want to talk to you about what you did that was a little bit different than everybody else. So what is your story? You're not behind the chair. You don't have a salon that you are at every single day. So your story is very different than most. And I know that this is maybe a little more abstract than most of the people that are listening to this podcast, yeah. but I want to hear your story. I want so to hear I, what you're I doing. I did own a hair salon. I owned it for 14 years. How far out of beauty school did you open your hair salon? 1996. So you were what, two years? Like what? Two like two years, years out of beauty school. You weren't even About out of... About two and a half years out. So what made you an confident enough or an ready enough to happen open? An happened and a partner wanted to come in. And, and that was in Atlanta? It, it was here. Okay. Right down the street. Um, anyway, I went into partnership, which by the way, I don't really suggest that to anybody, but right. that's okay. That's part of the learning, uh, the learning curve Yeah, is you just, you got to do what you got to do. But the opportunity arose, it felt doable to me. I felt like I could do it. And so I did. And then the economy fell and I actually lost 60 clients in one week and 60? six zero. The reason why Siemens is uh, a corporation that's here that hires German people because it's a German company. All of my German clientele, it was like it was like the it was like the coming of Christ, and these people all got wiped out. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, there they go. I saw that movie. I know what it's all about, <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyway, all of these people went away, and I had to make <laughs> I had to I had to make this decision: Do I need a salon or do I need a home? And it was the absolute hardest, hardest thing to do, but it was such a smart thing to do. It was the thing to do. I had to do it. And I closed my business and it hurt. It, my identity was gone. I was a salon owner. That how made me something. How long did it take you to make that decision? I mean, was it within a week? I mean, it was, it was rapid. And I was watching my staff just gasping for air. I mean, it was rough because the dealio is, is I was dealing with upper management and upper and middle management was who was being wiped out right. in the whole situation right. of you know the big recession. And so when that happened, I'm watching and I'm like, wow, okay, this is real. You got to do this. If you don't have all this overhead, you can make it. So I actually went down the street to a competitor. I stayed there for 365 days. No need to bring any of that up. But after that, then I went. Wait, you went and worked there? For one year, exactly. 365 days. How I said I would give hard a year. was that for you to swallow? I mean, how did you get to the My point? My pride and everything? I don't know. I had to feed myself. I mean, I think that that is so important to talk about. I know that you're like, let's breeze over this, but I think that Failure that, happens, but that wasn't really a failure. Right. That was actually a business move that had to happen. Right. And I think that it's okay to talk about this yeah. as a business move mm-hmm. and not so much as a, I was there for a year, I went and worked. Like... You can look at this as two different things. You can look at this as I went to a competitor, I gave up, and I did this for a year. Or you can say, this was a business move. I went to the competitor because they had insurance, and I was able to work out a deal with them. By the way, in that one year I was there, I was top sales and top producer, you know, top retail, top producer, all that stuff. 
And I made a deal with them that I had had my insurance since 1996. That was a good year. Anyway, <laughs> I had had that insurance, and I didn't want to go on their their corporate plan because, let's face it, you have a, a an organization that has over 200 people, and you know 90% are women or 95% yeah. are women. Your insurance is going to be a little bit higher due to pregnancy. It's just that's oh, that's yeah. numbers. That's, yeah. that's the way that works. So I knew I wanted to be on my plan because I'd been on this plan, blah 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 blah, and that's what we made the deal to do. And How hard was it? How hard was that year? It was, I mean, well, you know what? I went in uh, as an educator with them, and I, I, I was already an educator with Redken, and it was one of Redken's okay. top salons. Yeah. And, you know, at that point, I'm just like, I need to just go stay close because you don't want to go so far away that your clients don't get I to you. just want to talk about this and the fact that, like, you're approaching this in a way of, like, now you're able to look back. Yeah. Because you've gotten over that. Yeah. Like, maybe if you and I had done this interview oh. in the midst of this, <laughs> it would have been a completely different interview. It would be, yeah. But now that we're looking back on it, like, these kinds of things can sometimes set you up for success in the future. Who knew? It yeah. was such a springboard. Right. And, like, maybe at that moment you might have felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm going backwards. I had to do X, Y, Z to get here. And you do feel that way. And, it, and that's okay it's to feel totally that okay. way. I feel like a lot of people need to hear that sometimes when you're in that moment where yeah. you're like, man, I'm taking a step back or I'm doing these things and I feel like I'm, I'm taking a forward. step to stay in is what right. I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, a step to but stay in. then if you look back on where you are now and feeling that moment of like, oh wow, but this got me to where I am mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. I feel like those are really important moments to acknowledge. They are. I agree. I agree. So you did that for how long? You were there for a year. Three hundred and sixty-five days. <laughs> One year. One day. And then what did you do after that? I went um, across the street to a salon that was you know literally right there. It was not a huge organization. It was a smaller team. I think there's 10 chairs, you know, very small team. I've now been there for eight years, which is crazy. Um, it, it was a place that I could go and do what I needed to do. They were willing to work with me. I had all of this hair color because of having a hair So salon. was that, was that what you specialized in? Like was hair color at, at that your one, thing? Well, I'm a, I taught dry cutting and I taught hair color and I taught business. Yeah. I taught a lot of things for Redken and then moved over to Kuhn and, and I've done a, a lot of stuff on the education side, but right. that's another day altogether. <laughs> we'll be we'll <laughs> on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back, I don't even know what we're talking about now. Cause no, about where you were me. when you went into after you had... Oh, okay. So I went there and then opportunities started to happen I wanted to kind of shave down my days and I'm now at that salon one day a week right so that's what I want to know is like you are very multifaceted at this point in your career so if we're talking about today yeah what a week what a month looks like to you I want to break down what that is and kind of talk a little bit about how you got there because you put in the time you put in the work What are you doing right now, and how did you get to that point, and what can you, what advice can you give to um, new stylists or stylists that have been in the industry for a while to get to where you are? Or is this for everybody? Maybe, um, I guess it's another question. Like, let's start with what you're doing now, and we'll revisit the, is this for everybody question. Well, it's not for everyone. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard time-wise, 
educational wise? Like what is the challenge for you? You have to be a risk taker. You have to believe in yourself. You have to do it even when everybody's telling you it's probably not going to work. And you have to believe in yourself. How many people told you you're crazy? You can't do this. Oddly enough, not many at all. Really? I, I don't even recall anybody telling me that I was crazy for it because people always told me I was crazy. They so just knew just, that you were good at what you were doing. I They knew I was going to make it whatever I did. And I will. I mean, I have to. 100%. That's what I do. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Um, uh, things happen. Okay, so I was over there. I went to this place. Then I was working with a lady named Candy Shaw. And she was, she calls me Disco. She's like, Disco, you need to come work with me. I'm like, oh, I'm good, Candy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much for that opportunity. <laughs> but, but. but but I really have my stuff together. I have what I need to do. And I, and I don't need, and I didn't need the job. And she's like, come on, Disco. I don't ask people four times. I was like, but you're on number four. And she goes, yeah, we're not going to number five. Come give me a day. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you Fridays. We're going to do it for three months and see where we go with it. And I said, and then we'll know. And she's so funny. She's so Zig Ziglar. She's like, so we're going to start with the end in mind and and walk backwards. What does it look like if this doesn't work out for us? And I was like, well, we're friends now. You call me disco now. Hopefully you still do and not opera. But, you know, (laughs) I don't want to be melodramatic or anything. But maybe I do. So anyway, I finally went in there. It's now been over five years that I've worked with them, and I absolutely love it. I, I literally work six hours a week there. But that's six... You work six hours a week mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. a salon mm-hmm. on Fridays, ask, Yeah, ask you me said? how much I produce this year. How much? Hours. No, I want... I mean, I feel like that... If you're willing to share, I want to share that. 75 grand. In six hours. Behind the chair, yeah. Which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I'm also an extension expert. Right. And, and I'm dealing with just the extension. So it's not like I'm huffing and puffing doing color and all that stuff. There's a whole how team. How far booked out are you? If I wanted to call right now and say, hey, I want an appointment with you, how far, how long would it take me to get in with you? Um, It depends on the location you go to. Some places I'm busier than others. Okay, let's talk about the different locations <laughs> that you are because we haven't done that yet. So okay. where are you? How do I get an appointment with you? Um, are you losing your hair? Sure. Okay, because you can either be losing your hair or you can be a regular lady that just needs a haircut and a collar. So you make that differentiation. I, I love that. I, I feel like that's great that you're giving back in that way. So <laughs> let's say I am. I've had two kids, so I probably am. Your, your hair's thinning and you right. need to help you back. So yeah. you would come to my office. So I have an office called Reunited Hairlines. Get it? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> reunited and it feels so good hey so what i do here is you said get it get it (laughs) (laughs) so a couple of things i do in this office i i have pure privacy and that's very important something that most people don't realize about atlanta also is that we make more movies here than anywhere in the world Hmm. and anywhere in the united states Hence, this gives me a private place to take care of Hollywood East, yeah. which we don't talk about, but we have to take care of them somewhere where they're not being just, you know, they just want to get their hair done too. Right. And a lot of times they're doing special things, and sometimes I'm asked to bang an actress or somebody, I mean, give them bangs. <laughs> Sorry. 
sentence structure is everything, isn't it? So I have, you know, do you have bangs to actresses that don't necessarily want to cut their bangs? And, you know, I have to do things like that. So this gives me a place to do it. But also, let's say a woman has completely lost her hair to alopecia, to uh, cancer, to burns, to whatever, whatever the reason may be. She can't be in the middle of a salon right. when her identity is being torn off of her head. I mean, yeah. you know, what I do is is I give people back their hair. I give it back to them. And it can be from many different ways. It can be from lasers. Um, working with Dr. Bauman, who's the number one hair transplant surgeon, um, he and I have a direct contact because I'm one of his certified hair coaches. I can have a prescription written for you in my chair from him. Wow. That's huge. That's awesome. That's really huge. And so those kind of things and then working with um, the different hair loss things that we do, I have a lot to offer people that most people can't offer in another place. Right. I chose a doctor's office park because it's all medical people in here. Yeah. And what do you think doctors have? People that have hair loss. Yeah. Oh, you just go three doors down, go see Brent over there, he'll help take care of you. Yeah. And I get a lot of doctor referrals, which how many hairdressers get doctor referrals? I was referrals? gonna say, is this anything that you ever thought that you would Hell no. I mean, you never thought in school that you still trying to figure out what's going on. I know, and that's crazy. It's like you found a niche and you found your specialty, and And you know what they say. That's really important. You know what they say: a niche will make you rich. (laughs) It is true. I really like that. It is true, though. And so, if someone rich doesn't necessarily mean money, it can mean I have more time to do stuff. I can do many different things because of it. So okay, so you own have the niche. that. Yeah. That's what one two days a week. What are you doing the rest of the week? So I work at my uh, salon where I take care of people that I've worked with for twenty plus years and newer clients. Whenever I need to get like a new person in, I usually will have some time over there. It's my Thursday job. Mm-hmm. Then I go to Friday, and all I do is hair extensions, which also includes all of the mm. Falcon cheerleaders who get hair extensions. I'm that guy. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. It's a thing. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. But that's because I work with Candy, and that's the official salon of Falcon cheerleaders. So, you know, it's it's these different relationships that you build up within your craft, I guess, is really what makes it up. The fact that I can work with doctors, the fact that I can work with other hairstylists, and the fact that I can work doing it, it's fun, it, and it intrigues me. I actually dress differently every day for every job. That's awesome. I do. Like, I always wear a suit to work down in Buckhead. Yeah. And you'd be amazed at the clients that I have, and you'd be amazed what happens. And, and it's funny, Candy goes, and when they come in for a consultation, like, well, it's a consultation for how much hair they're getting. They don't realize it, but they're getting hair. <laughs> And, and it's just one of those things. Yeah. I have a way of letting a person understand what's going to happen and, and why it's important to them and why they need that to happen. And yeah. it works. I love that. And, and I think that it's really interesting that, like, going into this, this isn't something you ever expected. Like, this is I just wrote a out. book that's in Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect we need that to plug to that. What it, what, and I'll plug your where to follow you, okay. how to find you, all of that so in a little bit. I co authored a book called The Hair Loss Master Plan, and that kind of pushed me into the hair loss world. How did you know that this was something that women were struggling with? Was it just people coming in to wow. see you, or was it something that you mm. were like, I have this need, or there's a scene out there and I'm going to fill that void. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> but I think what really set it off, uh, um, the lady that I co-authored the book with is the number one thyroid advocate for patients. She knows more about thyroidism, hypothyroidism, everything to do with thyroid than you can ever imagine. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she and I 
that have done some stuff with an organization called TTAP, and that's a whole other game too. But we got together, and she's like, you know, we really should write a book together. And I was like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? Good. Let's let's say yes I to know, everything. But I feel like that's so that important. Project took so long to do, but right after that project, you know, the book's out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm holding my book with my picture on the front of it, and wow, I didn't see this one coming out of Botech. Right. You know what I mean? Just didn't. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, didn't see this one. But you know what? It it has pushed me into the area. So Modern Salon has this hair show called the Hair Plus Summit. And it is all about the hair loss market and thinning hair market. And and I am considered an expert in this field. And granted, I've got a bunch of the plaques and stuff, so I've been to places right. to learn the stuff. But, you know, it's kind of funny what happens after you get in print. People take you in a very different way. Definitely. A very different way. Yeah. It's not insta-famous. It takes a while to do. Yeah. But it's one of those things. Yeah. And then there's the hairbrush. Who knew I would invent a hairbrush? Right. So I want to talk to you about that. Like, so that's you... a wheel. Do we really need to reinvent that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it clearly is something like that you were not expecting to be. Here's what happened. Yeah. I want to hear about the brush and I want to talk about how you kind of changed lives with this and what you've been doing to help people with this brush because I think it's something that unless you're directly involved with somebody who needs this, you might not be aware of why no this is so important. So yeah. I want, So this what is, is it about the brush? So the brush was made for the extension market. What I was finding is, is that clients were using their favorite brush and yanking out their extensions. And being that I deal with people from the West Coast that come back and forth to do work here in Atlanta, Hollywood East, right. when they call you up and say, I have to be on a flight at 10 a.m., you need to meet me at the airport at 8.30, fix this boop extension that is falling out. I was like, what happened? She goes, I was brushing my hair and I yanked it out. Okay. So I could see the brush in my head. So I started looking on, you know, Amazon. Then I'm looking on Google. When, how long ago is this? Is this like five? Five, five years, years ago. ago. Okay. Thank you, Facebook, for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so next thing you know, I'm looking it up everywhere. And I was... I worked for Kuhn Hair Cosmetics. I was the first uh, American to be international stylist or international artisan for that company. And when I worked with them, a guy named Alan Sporn, who owns Spornet Brushes, the king of brushes, um, says to me, Brent, if you ever need a tool that's not out there, just let me know. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. We'll do it together. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know, okay. okay brush the brushes. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Thanks. That's great. Right. Okay, bye. So... <laughs> I, I start looking everywhere and I'm digging and I cannot find it. And it's in my head big time. I can see that I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now because it's physical in front of me. But before it was in my head and I didn't realize it. So I called him up the next uh, the next morning. I said, Alan, you said if I ever needed you, give you a call and I'll give him a call. And I tell him what it was going to do, this, that, and the other. He goes, uh, my daughter will call you tomorrow morning. Um, what time can she call you? We set up a time. She is now the president of his company. Wow. They're a company. It's a family business. Mm -hmm. Very, very wonderful family. I'm, I'm so happy to be part of their family. Anyway, um, the brush, we did it. First off, they said it couldn't be done. I said, do you realize we put people on the moon? <laughs> You're <laughs> like, like, we can do we this. We can get this done. <laughs> so there's evidently only like one factory in the world that can do it overseas, and it's exactly what I need. And the brush has bore bristle, nylon bristle, and then loop bristles. So you're able to combine the silky smoothness of a bore bristle, but without having the contact to the extension nor the scalp. So let's fast forward a minute. Client comes in and sits in my chair and she says, hey Brent, 
Ellis using your brush. And I was like, oh, that's great. Yay. <laughs> so happy someone's using yeah, my brush. Yeah, she's okay. like, no, but you don't understand. Ella has SPD. And I was like, isn't she eight? Isn't that a little young for that? She's like, no, SPD. I said, okay, sorry. <laughs> my bad. Hooked on phonics. I thought you said something different. So anyway, I didn't understand what sens- sensory processing disorder is. Right. And that happens to come a lot with the autism spectrum. So with the autism spectrum, there are schools that specify just in working with these kids. Right. Of course, fate would have it that my very next client comes and calls up and says, hey, my kid is sick all of a sudden. I got to go pick him up at school. I can't make it for my appointment. Well, Mr. Brent, you will understand, does not sit. He's always right. going somewhere, doing something. We're doing things. So I take a couple of these said brushes over to a school called Jacob's Ladder, which is just right around the corner. And these people are wonderful. I mean, they deal with some of the hardest cases of autism and different kinds of brain issues and developmental issues for many different kinds of people. People fly in all over the world to have their kids go to these schools. Um, and there's two of them here in Atlanta, one in Roswell, one in Buckhead. So I go to the Roswell location and I take her a couple of the brushes and I say, I speak to your director. And, you know, Molly came up and says, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we talk and I said, have you heard of this SPD thing? And she said, oh, yeah. We, everybody in here has got it. And I was like, oh, okay. Are there two people in here that are like the worst? And she said, oh, definitely. I said, can I ask you a favor? She's like, well, it depends. I was like, can you try this brush out? Um, I, I made this brush, but it was for extensions. But one of my clients just says her daughter has this thing that I've never heard about until an hour ago. This SPD thing. Can you give it a whirl? She's like, well, I can, but, you know, we're really busy. I said, I'm going to give you a month. And I'll come back in a month. Is that right. cool? Let's make a date now, and then you can tell me what. And if you don't get to it, I understand. It's cool. You do you. Next thing you know, I come back in a month. She walks out, and tears start just pouring out of her face. And I'm like, oh, my God, who did I hurt? She says, no, Brent. She's come with me. She's like, I don't know if you understand this. She goes, but every kid in the school is on the scenic route. Nobody's in the express lane. Nobody's on the highway. Oh, They're all on the scenic route. Stop. And this, I can't. Oh, you'll start bawling in a minute. Mascara alert. This little girl right over there is 12 years old. She is a nonverbal autistic kid who literally screams bloody murder every single morning that somebody else is brushing her. Brent, it has been a month. She brushes her own hair. She brushes her own hair. She goes, do you understand? That is a rocket ship. Yeah. She goes, and our other kid here, he lets us come to him now where he would scream bloody murder. And I said, well, can I give you... Like, how many kids are here? Can yeah, I give, like, can I give a brush I every for brush every kid. Yeah. I want them to, under, you know, let's see how this goes. I wish I had more time to spend on this brush. I can only imagine what I could do for the world. Yeah. And I'll have time one of these days. I was going to say, but I think it's really important to understand that, like, just even that little bit of a time that mm-hmm. you had to give back to these people is so valuable. And I think that yeah. that's one thing about this industry that we constantly try to remind everyone on this podcast is, like, there is so much good that you can do. Well, my brush is now also the official brush for wigs for kids. That's awesome. So all of these kids that get these wonderful wigs that are, by the way, $5,000, $10,000 handmade wigs, this brush saves wigs. So it saves the organization so they can help more kids because it saves them money. So it's really cool. I love that. And I think that, like, you starting beauty school, it's hard to look back and reflect. But if you look at how old were you when you started beauty school? I feel like I was too old. (laughs) I did. I mean, I was. You feel like you're twenty. Well, you're well, I was like twenty three and I. Okay. Twenty three and a half. But look at where you are now and what you've been able to do to help people, and I think that a lot of people get in this industry because they want to help. Yeah. Others and, and you like can. there really is a market, even if you don't know it Every, the second that you enroll in beauty school. Yeah. 
an opportunity may present itself for you to help other people. And I think it's so important. And it's amazing what happens when you help others. Yeah. More comes to you. It's amazing. It really works that way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I have some would you rather questions. Sure. I have to put something out there. Okay. Here we go. Before we do this. Here we go. I have to put out there that I'm not the only one that has. I'm not the only one that chose these would you rather questions. For me, specifically. For you specifically. Oh, okay. <laughs> we may cut this out of the podcast. Here we go. But we might put keep, oh, I'm we ready. Might keep it in. Would I rather? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're ready for this. I know you're acting like I want to take a picture so of you right now. Say <laughs> it, say it, say it. <laughs> you're acting so ready, but I feel like you're about to be I feel like you're about to be put in your place. Okay. Okay, would you rather? Punch a baby in the face or go a year without hair product. One year, no hair product or punch a baby in the face. I need to know, like, an honest answer. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that, does that mean adhesive, too? Yes, anything. Is the like, baby a brat? <laughs> yes. Obviously, it, the baby is it a colicky baby? Does it cry all the time? Is there a reason? If you give me a reason, <laughs> I'm helping the kids on the other hand here. The but, baby is horrible. Okay, well, I need product. <laughs> so it's my baby. Well, it's not gonna hurt. <laughs> no, it's gonna hurt in the face. how important products are to people. Do you understand? You're acting like it's harder than the baby. It's going to hurt the baby. For sure. The baby's already crying. You said it had colic. It's such a good excuse. Such okay. an awful thing to ask somebody. You're okay. really taking care of these autistic kids, but would you punch the baby? Sure. Music in the middle of that one, like Golden Girls theme song or something. I don't know what's going on here. So what's next? What I rather what? What's next? Is that all? all right, no, That's no, no, all you no. got? No. Would you rather? Oh, punch the baby for God's no. Sakes. Would you? So you admitted that you would punch. Me. Okay. I just wanted to be known. Oh, <laughs> baby Brent, Brent punch babies for you <laughs> for some moose. <laughs> it makes my hair fluffy. Wait, what is your product that you couldn't go without for a year? Mm. Is it mousse? Is it dry shampoo? Dry shampoo is my thing. Like I can't, I I couldn't go without dry shampoo. What's your product that you cannot go without for a year? Can it be a product? Or yeah. Can it be a tool? Uh, either. Because my laser cap. I can't deal with that. What's a laser cap? Well, I'm in the world of hair loss. Laser caps keep hair in your head. Is there something around me right now that you're going to show me later? Okay, you'll show me it later. Okay, yeah. we'll talk about the laser. We'll edit that out. Okay, would you rather Heat have... Heat protection is the other one, by the way. What? Heat protection. Yeah, okay. No I love, have... no love. Heat I protection. I am a very big fan of protection. Heat protection. <laughs> it's something we all need to talk about more. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you rather 
This is one that Zane chose. I have to say, this is one. This is yours. If you're messing with manatees, I'm not the other ones. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have everyone know everything that you have ever said about them? Okay. Or know everything that other people said about you? I would rather everyone know what I've said about them. For real? Yeah. So you're that much of an honest person that you are confident in that. If, if I, I have something not. bad to say, it's usually because I want to help them not do the bad again. Yeah. That they're not seeing it, but I do. Okay, how do you feel about knowing what other people have said about you, though? That just broke my heart. I couldn't. I was like, I can't do I, that. I would literally crawl into a hole. I have been bullied my entire life. My entire life. Well, through school. Yeah. I already knew what people were saying about me. That is yeah. no big secret to me. I've been called everything. You've been there already. I've been there, done all that. So, to me... You know, living in integrity really is the most important thing you should do. Yeah. And that can be different for many different people. But, you know, when I talk about somebody, it's usually not talking about them. It's usually like, how can I help them understand that you're being a whatever, you know, or wow. Okay. That kind of thing. Okay. One more. Would you rather? Okay. Okay. And then we're done. Here we go. (laughs) Would you rather sacrifice yourself to end world hunger or live... But world hunger doubles. Um, I would sacrifice myself for world hunger. Yeah. Yeah. I figured you were gonna be like yeah. that good guy. Okay. I mean, I've done enough. <laughs> he punches babies. He does punch babies. But we do have to go back. To it's before I give them away or give myself. <laughs> it's true. I leave he my mark. He give himself. I leave okay. my mark. <laughs> one final question that we ask. Everyone that is on the podcast, okay. what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone that is wanting to go to beauty school or someone that's in beauty school currently? If you don't have people skills and you can't relate to people, go to an improv class. Go to an improvisational. They have them everywhere. It's not that hard to do. Go on YouTube and look it up. It'll allow you to step outside of yourself and become a character and to be on point with it in very quick, rapid fire because they, you know, they throw things at you like different words and different things and you have to act it out. It's something that can help a lot of people. Secondly, dress for the job you're going to want. If you go into that salon, go dress better than any of the other hairstylists in there. If it's all black, go spend your money on that really nice black suit. So that's your interview suit and go to town on that. Like really dress above and beyond and be willing to say yes. And be willing to know that you're going to work a lot of hours before you get there to where you can cut back and do what you want to do with it. How many hours a work a week are you working right now? How many hours a week are you working? Does that include travel? Yeah. Wow. Um, I just want to give an idea of somebody that is like, I want to be in his shoes. What does that look like? You got to put maybe 60 or 70 hours. Yeah. And that's not all behind the chair, mind you. Right. That's 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 working relationships. Being away from home and that's yeah. yeah, I mean that's making a hairbrush, going to classes, learning. I'm always learning. I still learn. Oh, by the way, your learning is never over. It's never over. (laughs) Keep going. Even if you rent a booth, find the classes from the salon centrics or the the Cosmoprofs or whatever, they all have them. Even if you don't want to know about it, go do it. I can't tell you how many classes I've gone to take that I could have given a crap about. But I learned something. Yeah. And you know what? Now I know that I really don't like it. But that's yeah. okay. I still <laughs> learn something. You that confirmation. Something. But you know, people, people just don't understand that money they have off can be 
their ticket to the future. Yeah. And that ticket to the future for me, I went to um, a Redken certified hair colorist thing, and you're supposed to go through three different weekends of training. And the, and the second weekend, they were handing me out my um, diploma for it. And I'm like, I'm not done yet. I'm like, oh, boo, you're way done. You're so far ahead of this. And then I think they wound up talking to me, and I became an educator, and I wasn't ever planning on doing that. Yeah. But I said yes, and that has taken me to 49 states and all over the world doing hair. Go that's figure. Awesome. Crazy. Who yeah. knew? I think that's so important. I think it's just valuable to know that you're never done learning. Like, mm-hmm. even when you get through beauty school, it's not mm-hmm. ever done. So where can we follow you at? Um, I'm on Facebook, because I'm old, I guess, now. <laughs> Screw I'm on Instagram, now. I'm on I... Instagram, too. And I try so hard, but you know what? I, I need a little bit more thickness to the story. I can't just look and go, you yeah. know, but, um, you can find me at Brent B-R-E-N-T-A-R-O-O, or on Facebook, Brent Hardgrave, B-R-E-N-T-H-A-R-D-G-R-A-V-E. <laughs> That's for my sisters out there. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for, um, listening to us today and thank you for being on the show. Oh, wait, I forgot. TheBrentBrush.com. Oh yeah. No, we need to talk. Oh, hang on. Edit, 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 edit. Okay, when you talk about your brushes, so you have a brush um, that you talked about earlier in the episode. Yep. Um, where can we get your brush at? You can go to www.thebrentbrush.com. So, the Brent brush. T H E B R E N T B R U S H D O T. C-O-M. Awesome. <laughs> well, we will go there. And thank you so much. We will follow up with you. I'm sure we're going to do more episodes with you. And I can't I wait. Like I'm going to force again. you to come to Knoxville. I feel like it needs to be pre-Dollywood. Oh, my gosh. We like... will do live from <laughs> Dollywood. Oh, I'm you and me. I've never been. I lived there. Well, my first job was at Disney World. No, so I, we will I, I do go. We will do live from Hollywood. I feel well, <laughs> thank you so much for being thank with you. us today. And thank you to our sponsor, Tennessee School of Beauty. You can visit them at www.tennesseeschoolbeauty.com. Follow them at TN School of Beauty on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to follow me at Beauty School Bobby and visit our website, www.beautyschoolbobby.com. We can find all of our podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.